This week on Mouse Flicks, I toss my hat in the air like Mary Tyler Moore and kick the tires on this thing. We catch up on a little news, and Disney rides the remake train. So silence your cell phones and settle in. You're listening to Episode 1 of the Mouse Flicks Podcast. Mouseflix is a fan-produced podcast dedicated to Disney film and entertainment. Lend us your ears for news, reviews, and commentary on the film house of Mouse. Mouseflix is not affiliated in any way with the Walt Disney Company, Walt Disney Pictures, Marvel, Pixar, Lucasfilm, or their partners and subsidiaries. All opinions expressed via Mouseflix Media are solely those of the podcasters and do not represent the views of any other individual or entity. Enjoy the show. Hello, hello. Welcome to the very first of what we hope to be many more of the Mouseflix podcast. I'm Kristen DiBiase. I've been a Disney fan my entire life, and I also love movies. So the other day, I find myself in the middle of yet another discussion on how Disney's doing with its film projects, and it dawns on me. I could talk about this stuff on purpose, specifically to people who actually care about it, not just me having a random conversation with someone else if it happens to come up. I did some radio DJ stuff back in high school, and I also do voiceover work on occasion, so I feel fairly confident that hearing my voice isn't going to make your ears bleed. And so, Mouseflix was born. So, yeah, this is happening. Hi, Mom! I won't be going solo all the time. You'll also get to hear from some of my best friends who also love Disney, and also my husband, who is a very patient and understanding man. If you listen to us and like what you hear, subscribe! You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and Podbean. So, let's talk Mickey and the Movies. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. News nibbles. They are short, sweet, and they hit the spot. We'll put links to all these stories in the show notes so you don't have to worry about writing anything down, um, typing anything up. You can go straight to our site, www.mouseflix.com, and get it right there. Disney uh, is reportedly looking at developing at least three new Star Wars shows exclusively for Netflix. Sounds to me like they're heading down that pathway they've already started to pave with the same multi-angle setup for their Marvel properties. So, may the binge be with you. A Scottish man wants Inside Out's sadness talking doll to be recalled because of what he considers to be suicidal comments. Look, when I first saw this story, I assumed it had to have been somebody who lives here in the USA. Because where else do you get that kind of ridiculousness? But no, he is from Scotland. The gist of it, he thinks the character is too depressing and encourages kids to have misery. Obviously, Disney's disagreeing. Sadness is one of the most important, if not the most important, characters in this movie. Um, We should also note that at the time he complained, he actually had not seen the movie yet. So, there you go with that. Going from sadness to fear... New York Post has reported that a group of parents and kids in Ohio went to movies expecting to see Inside Out and instead were greeted by the horror of Insidious. Ah yeah, theater employee, I see what you did there. 
Disney announced the annual honorees for its Disney Legends Award. It's going to be given out during D23 on August 14th. The three most well-known people that are getting the award are George Lucas, um, the composer Danny Elfman, and then my favorite, soap actress Susan Lucci. So, Susan Lucci is awesome, okay? She has played Erica Kane on All My Children for 41 years. And she was always awesome from the very beginning. But for whatever reason, these people in the industry were haters. And so they would just not stop. She got nominated 18 times for Best Actress at the Daytime Emmys. And you know, 18 times she did not win. So she finally wins on nomination number 19. And of course, she gets a standing O for all of her trouble. I don't know how many times she got nominated for the Legends Award before she won, but I'm pretty sure it wasn't 20 years. I don't know if you knew, but there was a real-life uphouse. A little old lady in Seattle didn't want to sell her home out to corporate developers, so they ended up building all of their buildings right around her. It's like this small little house just nestled in between these office buildings. So her house becomes famous because of this, and people start coming by and putting up balloons on her fence like it was a house from Up. Um, she died in 2008, um, but she had a lot of fans, and so the house got turned into like this symbol of fighting against the man. Um, so the person who owns the land now is going to sell out, um, but before he does it, he's going to donate the house instead of having it raised. That's probably for the best, because y'all get rowdy up in Seattle. And that, friends, is that. And now, our feature presentation. Disney's lining up films left and right for release over the next several years, and when you get a look at what's coming down the pike, a huge, very obvious pattern emerges. There is an absolute flood of live-action remakes coming out. The Good Dinosaur will be out later this year, but after that, it's Remake City. There are a few of these films that I'm really feeling a bit iffy about, to be honest. Winnie the Pooh is supposed to focus on Christopher Robin after he grows up and then somehow ends up back in the Hundred Acre Wood. I have no idea about this one, um, so for now, I'm just going to call the movie This Is Not Ted. Pete's Dragon, I mean, I didn't like it when I was a kid, so I don't know whether I'll like it as an adult, but I'm trying to stay open about it. And then you have Cruella, um, which is going the Maleficent route and focusing on the dog-napping fashionista instead of the puppies. Um, interestingly enough, Glenn Close, who previously played Cruella, is actually now going to be the executive producer of the film. Um, I want to know where this is going to go, uh, just because it was already remade as live-action before. So this film is basically walking in the door, having to fight its own past. Prince Charming, it's been rumored that this Cinderella spinoff is going to be giving a lot of screen time, not to actual Prince Charming, but to his brother. Um, I guess he's ne'er-do-well and is not meeting people's expectations. I haven't really heard much about that else uh, so far. And then there's Genies. Genies is a prequel that's apparently going to explain how the genie from Aladdin came to be. I just don't know if that's a good idea. The late Robin Williams was at his best in that part. I and mean, how do you top that when he's not involved? Uh, I honestly don't think you can. Now, there are other films that I'm definitely excited to see. The Sword in the Stone is in development by Brian Cogman, and he's a writer and producer for Game of Thrones. He's currently in the middle of writing that screenplay. 
So it'll be interesting to see how much of that series kind of comes into this movie, especially given that Walt Disney Pictures, in terms of that particular label, does not do rated R. Fantasia is one of my favorite Disney movies. It originally came out in 1940, and it's a string of animated shorts that are set to classical music. Most of you know this movie as the one where Sorcerer Mickey gets into all sorts of trouble with a bunch of mop buckets, and then there were some hippos that were doing ballet. And so those things are true, but there's another segment in there that was scary as hell called Night on Bald Mountain, where all these demons are running around and wreaking havoc, and the music was amazing. So powerful. You don't think that you know it, but you probably do. So let me play a little bit of it here. I just fell in love with it. I really want Disney to live up to this piece. I think there's some real potential in this one if they want to dip a toe in a little bit scarier or more frightening a pool in their films as well. Then you have the star power block. You've got all these celebrities coming in. Tinkerbell has Reese Witherspoon being all cute and Reese Witherspoony. Angelina Jolie is probably going to come back from Maleficent 2. Robert Downey Jr. is actually going to step into wooden shoes and play Geppetto in a live-action Pinocchio. You've got The Jungle Book. John Favreau is directing, and there's voices of a ton of popular actors in this. You've got Idris Elba, Scarlett Johansson, Lupita Nyong'o, Bill Murray, Ben Kingsley, and Christopher Walken. Barring something completely unforeseen, that movie probably physically is incapable of sucking. Alistair the Looking Glass. Pretty much everybody in the previous cast is coming back. Mia Wasikowska as Alice, Johnny Depp, Matt Hatter, Helena Bonham Carter as the Red Queen. You've got Anne Hathaway, Alan Rickman, and Martin Sheen coming back. And then now they're bringing in Sasha Baron Cohen as the big addition to be the bad guy. Okay, Dumbo. Tim Burton is directing this. And I know there are a lot of people who are fans of Jack Skellington and The Nightmare Before Christmas. But I think there's also a lot of people, I am one of them, who will go just because they want to see what the hell he's going to do with a flying elephant. And last but not least, Beauty and the Beast, which is my favorite Disney animated film. Just wrapped up live-action filming last week or so. It's got Emma Watson and Josh Gad in it, and they're saying that it's going to be a more modern take on things. So, really excited to see that coming through. So, suffice to say... Disney has a lot going on. Now, after hearing about all these upcoming projects, my immediate thought actually was, why? I mean, I'm excited about a lot of them, but as you'll come to learn over time, one of my favorite phrases is, do better, Hollywood. So I'm wondering if this magical lineup is secretly, however successful as it could be, actually a do-better moment in disguise. I'm saying this because of Tomorrowland. Yes, I know, it's so passé. We're in the middle of Ant-Man now already. Why am I dragging a dead man out of his grave and so on, blah, 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 blah. But hear me out. I think this really illustrates my point. I didn't dislike the film, but I wasn't that impressed either. Even with stars like George Clooney and Hugh Laurie attached. And the reason that 
I feel like I and many other people found it disappointing is because the themes that I had going through my head just weren't fulfilled. It just didn't match up. I mean, I wanted to see the history of Tomorrowland's past and then that future that Tomorrowland has always promised. And those were two really big chunks that just weren't there in the film. We get to see about five minutes of old-timey World's Fair, which was awesome, but that's it. And then you get a fleeting view of the awesomeness it could be and never was. That was an original creative endeavor, but it didn't do as well as they hoped it would at the box office. When you look at that in terms of how it struggled and then compare it to the success of the live-action remakes, I think there's maybe a little bit of fear there now, too. Um, You know, why risk things by doing anything new when you have a vault full of options to turn to. I mean, it's like when I find a shirt I really like, so I buy it in five different colors. Okay, actually, that's because I hate shopping, but you understand what I'm trying to say here. There's an automatic audience for these films. We all remember them from childhood, so why not keep dipping in that well? So maybe some remakes that were just nebulous pitch concepts before suddenly start getting legs as Tomorrowland's box office receipts started rolling in. So I can't wait, really, to see a lot of these films. But I do think that fear is a plausible reason for why they're coming soon to a theater near you. Channing Tatum looks like he's going to pull out of the Gambit film. Now, a lot of people don't know who Gambit is. Um, I'm not a big comic book person, but I did back in the day when I was a child watch the X-Men cartoons on Saturday morning. So I do know who he is. Um, he was a cute guy with a trench coat who threw playing cards and had a crush on Rogue. Um, so that's kind of the extent of what I know. Um, he also had that Creole accent, which was pretty cute. So... They're going to do a film of Gambit, just his own standalone film, just like they were developing Wolverine, and Channing Tatum was the person who they were looking at to play that lead role. Well, it looks like now that he is pulling out of that role. We don't know officially why that is, but I believe that it's because of folks' speculation that he cannot do it and he would not be good in that film. Um, people give him a bad rap. You know, they say he's not a good actor, and I don't think that that's true. I think you can take a look at the movie Foxcatcher and see very... Well, clearly right there that he does have acting chops. I think it's just one of those typical things in Hollywood where you've been put in a certain role and that's where you're stereotyped and that's the type of role you keep getting from that point forward. Um, he came out with uh, the kind of uh, athletic meathead thing and he's kind of parlayed that into uh, an athletic person who's very funny. Um, so it honestly really depends on what vibe that they are going for with Gambit um, to determine whether or not he was right for the role. But for whatever reason, it seems that he probably thinks that he's not the right type for that role. So um, for that, we will say it is a wrap for this week. Mouseflix is a production of Mouseflix Media and is produced by Kristen DiBiase. The Mouseflix podcast theme features music by Jason Shaw of Audiotronics.com. To all of you out there in the world of the land, thanks for listening. If you like what we're doing, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and Podbean. Tell your friends, yell it from the rooftops, and most importantly, leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Comments or questions? Email us at mouseflix at gmail.com. You can also find us on our website at www.mouseflix.com, on Facebook at facebook.com slash mouseflix, and at mouseflixcast on Twitter. We'll talk to you soon, and remember, 
Popcorn's always better with a little pixie dust. I love Amy Schumer. I don't understand what the big deal is. You cannot say people really think that Disney is behind that and putting it together. Um, it made me laugh, and I just want to hear more from her. I think Amy Schumer is amazing. Don't care what anybody else says.